0: Today on Act News Daily,
1: it is that fun, and uh, we had an extremely cold day. We got dealt some really bad weather uh, on the thirty-first of January. We got about a third of an inch of rain, which then turned into absolute glass ice. I was surprised at how many people attended.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Thursday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Sponsored today by Zyway Brand Fungicides by FMC. Delaney Howell joined on the road today by ashton car ashton i woke up this morning i'm in minnesota heading home now again on the side of the road pulled over so if you hear any background noise that's why but i woke up this morning getting ready for my speech spoke to a crop insurance group up here and their customers and it was negative two when i walked outside so that was a nice dose of cold air woke me up for sure Yikes,
2: that sounds pretty chilly, Delady. But you know, one way you can warm up is drinking wine. And I know that this sounds a little crazy, especially when you're talking about waking up first thing in the morning. But I thought that this little headline was really funny because it's talking about the Olympics and the Switzerland Alpine ski team, which skiing in general, I think is just a pretty cold activity, even though you're all bundled up and whatnot. But Their team won some gold in the Olympics, and when they asked what their motto was to doing so well in the Olympics, they said that their motto was drink wine, ski fast. So it seems to be working for them and maybe some success when you're feeling cold in the morning, Delaney, is instead of having a a cup of coffee, a, a glass of wine.
0: Okay, well, I'm not a coffee person, so the issue with that, I find, Ashton, because I don't necessarily drink wine in the morning, but on the weekend, sometimes we'll do brunch and I'll have a mimosa with champagne. My issue is if I drink in the morning more than one or two, then I'm sleepy and I have to either keep drinking or take a nap. Yeah, and if you go with, you know, the former option, mm, your day might go downhill real fast. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, speaking of going downhill fast, this is a bad segue considering what I'm about to share, but we're still seeing continued pressure today. Due to Russian-Ukraine tensions, we're getting a lot of mixed signals from the media, Ashton, and certainly hearing some reports of escalation on the Ukrainian border, which, of course, has the commodity markets nervous and upset. We saw some selling off today. But Russia is still building troops along the border, and Russia continues to set up field hospitals and strategic weaponry. And so they've also sponsored cyber attacks of Ukrainian defense and banking interests. So we're starting to see all of these strange but related events taking shape. And we're getting mixed messaging from Western media in particular, who's saying tensions are rising. They are in fact not coming to the table while others are saying, Uh, That they are coming to the table. And I don't remember where I heard this or who I was talking to, but I was talking or listening to something yesterday that was talking about how this is all just a tactic and really Western media. So our media is blowing this thing way out of proportion. It's actually not as big of a concern as people are making it out to be in the news. So I'm not really sure what to make of that, Ashton. Yeah, Delaney, I'm not really sure
2: what to make of it either. And I don't think that we're really alone in that statement. I... Don't know whether to take a lot of this with a grain of salt or to be taking it more seriously. My brain is just a jumbled mess and I don't like conflicts to begin with. So it's making me a bit anxious personally.
0: Yeah, and I think it's making the markets super anxious because like I mentioned, they had, of course, some down days this week. Uh, We saw markets open higher. I haven't looked at where they've closed yet today. We'll get to that here in a second, but I was watching them while I was... Preparing for my speech this morning and they opened higher about mid morning, you know, 9 30, 10 a.m. They started to lose their footing, selling off a little bit. But wheat actually continues to do well when we have these rumors of a Russian invasion. Because I didn't realize this, Ashton, but Russia and Ukraine, I knew they were a big wheat player, but they account for actually 29% of global wheat exports. So it's a little ironic because we're seeing this these two countervailing forces here because Russia and Ukraine, tensions, potential wheat shutdown, that sparks the markets higher. But then you couple that on the flip side, Ashton, with exports and wheat is getting to a level now where it's almost pricing itself out of the market. Export sales this morning were not super strong on the wheat side of things. So at some point, we're going to see one of these two factors win, you know, with People thinking maybe there will be less available wheat. So, do we snap it up now from the US? And are we willing to pay these higher prices? So, only time will tell.
2: Well, Delaney, segueing into my next two pieces of news here, both of these stories have to deal with the Department of Justice and antitrust. Today, we saw that USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack. Wants the DOJ to ensure that seed companies and other input suppliers are not using their market power and current conditions to raise prices unfairly. He said that it's important for us to ask questions about whether all these increases, every penny of these increases, is justified based on disruptions, based on supply, based on normal economics. And maybe he has a point to this. You know, I didn't initially think that there was any kind of antitrust going on here, but we've seen maybe some similar situations going on, at least in the protein markets, and that's really not stopping anytime soon because we also saw that Senator Elizabeth Warren told the DOJ that a plan to merge the chicken producer Sanderson Farms with smaller rival Wayne Farms quote, raises significant antitrust concerns. We know that chicken prices have risen sharply within the past year, and the DOJ has been pursuing some price fixing in the sector. But the market shares for the combined company isn't as large as is usually seen in some merger challenges. So there was a letter sent yesterday to Jonathan Cantor, who is the head of the department's antitrust division. Warren, Representative Mondaire Jones, and others said that the poultry industry has a history of colluding to fix prices for consumers. They said that because of consolidation among chicken producers, which due to slaughtering, farmers who actually raise the chickens may have just one or two producers in a particular region to do business with. So there's a couple of concerns here with the DOJ and antitrust. So the Department of Justice might have a couple of cases on their hands that they have to look into. So they might be entering a busy season here when it comes to, you know, farm input costs, but still following along with that poultry and animal protein antitrust rumors, allegations you want to call.
0: Yeah, and Ashton, while we're talking poultry production, I know you mentioned earlier this week that a or maybe I did. I don't remember at this point. One of us (laughs) reported on a an avian influenza case in Kentucky. Well, another case has been reported in a commercial turkey flock in Webster County, Kentucky. And this flock was awaiting test results after they actually received initially a non negative result. That was returned on Monday, but there is essentially now a six-mile surveillance zone that has completed the depopulation of turkeys. So, so numbers for this depopulation site have not been released, but a second case of avian influenza in the state, or the first case, I should say, that we talked about earlier in the week, resulted in depopulation of about 200 depopulation, not depopulization, wow. I'm not using my brain today, but depopulation of about 240,000 chickens from a flock owned by Tyson happened earlier this week, Ashton. So we are starting to see depopulation of these poultry flocks that have had cases reported. And while the zone is still pretty small, Uh, For the next 30 days, the state veterinarian strongly recommends that producers in this zone who have birds with outdoor access actually keep birds indoors from preventing them from encountering any wildfowl that may have carried this disease from site to site.
2: And I really think this was only a matter of time since we have now seen a couple of cases hit the U.S., Delaney. Yes, absolutely, Ashton. Well, this next piece of news, Delaney, I think was only a matter of time as well, but we have now seen nearly two dozen national and state ag groups sue the EPA over its decision to revoke all tolerances of the insecticide chlorpiferose. The American Farm Bureau, American Soybean Association, among others, are leaders in the lawsuit seeking an injunction of the rule to prevent what they call significant to irreparable damage. It would cause if it were to take effect on February 28th. The groups ultimately want the rule vacated where they say it conflicts with well-established, properly developed science. And that, That's a quote there, just to reiterate that. But there are 11 uses of chlorpyrifos found to be safe The group say they are frustrated over, quote, EPA's disregard for its own science confirming the crop production tool can be used safely, effectively, and without dietary or environmental risk. So we're going to be seeing what really happens here, Delaney. But like I said, I thought it
0: was only a matter of time. It certainly sounds that way, Ashton. And I think... It's only a matter of time, as we expected, until the Fed raises interest rates again. They released their January minutes yesterday afternoon, which actually provided a little bit of a reassurance to Wall Street that central bank policymakers were in general agreement on this plan, which has been in stark contrast compared to some of the public comments that have been made by various policymakers prior to the meeting. So based off of these meeting agendas, we know that there will be tapering, and it will be complete by mid-March. The first of the rate hikes will likely be at that March meeting, and there will be a shrinking of the balance sheet, withdrawing stimulus, and rate hikes and the balance sheet reductions need to be at a faster pace than previous cycles. This certainly has Wall Street calmed down in the short term that policymakers are appearing to be on the same side and working to normalize the current monetary policy. However, all in all, folks are still concerned that perhaps this hasn't come fast enough and that they maybe needed to do more to adjust interest rates prior to this year. So a little bit of a mixed bag there, Ashton. Well, Delaney,
2: I'm all out of news for today. Do you have anything else to share before we head into the markets?
0: I don't believe I do. Before we get into that, Ashton, let's hear a quick word from today's sponsor.
3: Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriofol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Xiway brand fungicide success stories at xiway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions.
0: Well, Ashton, taking a look at commodity prices today, we were able to finally claw our way back into some positive territory after markets took a bit of a scare earlier today. March corn up three cents to end at $6.50. Beast new crop corn added just two and three quarters cents, closing at 5 dollars and a half. Soybeans today added four and a half cents in the March contract to close at $15.92. The May up four and three quarters, settling at $15.96 and Nov new crop soybeans up 5 and a quarter cent closing at 14.60 and 3 quarters. Wheat really had the biggest moves today, still dealing with the potential looming Russian Ukraine invasion with the Chicago March contract adding 17 and a half cents to close at 798, May up 18 and a half cents settling the day at 804 and 3 quarters. In the livestock pits today, we saw mostly weakness across the cattle complex. As the April life cattle contract shed fifteen cents closing at one forty six seventy seven the June down a dime to close at one forty two fifteen in feeder cattle today, that weakness as I mentioned there continued with the March contract selling off a dollar twenty five to settle at one sixty six twenty the April down a dollar closing at a buck seventy one Lean hogs saw strength today getting above hundred dollars well above hundred dollars now. With the April contract adding two seventeen to close the day at one oh seven fifty-seven, the May up two seventeen, closing the day at one eleven thirty-two. And lastly, wrapping things up here with the class three Dairy Milk Futures. March today up three pennies to close at twenty-two thirty-four. The April up eighteen cents to close at twenty-two eighty-nine. Ashton, without further ado, fill us in on who we're chatting with for today's interview. Today we're talking about agronomy on ice. Well, last week on Twitter, some of you may have seen there's a big ag event going on up north, Agronomy on Ice, which is put on by Jason Hansen at Rock and Roll Agronomy on Twitter. Jason, you do a lot of different things, and I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit of those today. But first of all, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me and uh, your interest with Agronomy on Ice.
0: Absolutely. I have watched this event explode over Twitter, especially this year in particular, but for those of our listeners who aren't on Twitter or haven't heard of this event, give us the thousand foot view. What is this event and how did you come up with the idea?
1: So this is event is, uh, it's just called agronomy on ice. Uh, it's kind of a play on words and it is, uh, I think everybody goes to ag events, uh, trade shows, meetings, that type of thing. and. Uh, When you go to those most of the real work gets done at the social hour and so we're trying to provide an environment where you get into those discussions right away so it's a it's an ag event uh it's predominant it's dominated by people in ag it's a tailgating event uh we're in ice houses out on a lake and we just talk about whatever comes up which there was a lot of topics and uh It's in North Dakota in February, which is probably a deterrent for some, (laughs) but I was pleasantly surprised this year on how it went. And uh, how this idea came about was just um, I do a lot of meetings. I travel. Uh, I live in Devils Lake, North Dakota, and I go to other cities like Grand Forks and Fargo and Bismarck. And we just decided we, we should have a meeting in Devils Lake and then it transformed to we should have a meeting on Devils Lake.
2: Jason, you know, I'm from Texas, so I don't think that I would do well on this frozen lake. But what is that experience like really staying in these ice houses? You know, I've never experienced anything like this. So is it as fun as it looked on Twitter?
1: (laughs) You do just fine if you were up here. (laughs) Uh, It was it it is that fun. And uh, we had an extremely cold day. We got dealt some really bad weather. Uh, on the 31st of January, we got about a third of an inch of rain, which then turned into absolute glass ice. So that we I was surprised at how many people attended, considering that. And then that evening it turned into a blizzard. So we we dropped, we were probably 32 degrees that day. And by that evening, our wind chill was 40 below. So we had a almost an 80 degree swing, and the roads were bad, and we had tremendous turnout. But once uh Wednesday hit it was cold but it wasn't windy and uh, if you get the houses warmed up and you got food inside and beverage people bundle up and it's just like you're at a tailgating event It's just like if you're at an ag show you just move from booth to booth in this case it was house to house and uh, yeah it was it was a great time
0: now Jason you guys don't stay in the huts out on the lake right you have a hotel or something close by. You're not sleeping out there, are you?
1: Uh, there are some. Yeah, there's some that stay overnight because it's they bring their they bring their house up. They they uh they'll do that. There was a couple of people that had problems because of the way the wind blew it. It had it uh kind of their generators went out a couple of times during the evening. So it said it got cold, it got down to thirty two in their place. Oh yuck. Isn't that isn't that how it is in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> But there is there is a hotel there, and that fills up. It's Woodland Resort, and there's other hotels in town that people stayed in. So it's, uh, yeah, we it, it kind of felt bigger this year because of the social media presence. But I I kind of handed off some things to other people, and when they come up with cool ideas, I let them run with it because then it's less for me to do. And if they're passionate about doing it, it kind of takes gets its own legs and takes off.
2: Well, Jason, before we get deeper into our conversation, let's take a break and hear from today's sponsor, FMC.
3: It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented season-long inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at ziway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions.
0: You know, Jason,
2: you mentioned earlier that there are a variety of topics that you guys talked about this year. So why don't we hit on some of those?
1: Yeah, we had, uh, we had one house where uh, Tim Hamrich and Abby Wick were uh, recording just uh, people's experience with soil health. And that was in the uh, Anheuser-Busch uh, house. And there was a lot of traffic there for that uh, event. Uh, Mike Osley was in the NDSU, had a intercropping session up in Woodland Resort. Uh, some of the other topics, of course, that were brought up were this current situation with Ukraine and Russia. We're a big wheat producing state. And everybody's wondering what's going to happen there, if that's going to change some of our plans a lot of things around supply and pricing of inputs crop protection and fertilizer in particular but we had uh, we had people that were there was uh, companies there that they said they had a lot of bookings on seed that there was uh, still uh decisions to be made and they had a great day and i talked to a farmer afterwards who had talked to people and had decided and finalized some of his spring uh, burn down and residual options too so there's i mean there's a lot of fun talk and what's going on and how are you doing and how are the kids and how's sports season. But eventually it all slides back into ag at some point and and that's the whole the whole point of this event.
0: Like you mentioned there, Jason, there's just something different about going to trade shows or events. And yeah, you have your formal portion of the day. But really, a lot of ideas and information gets shared more so around having a couple beverages, adult beverages, usually. Was there any sort of memorable conversation like that, that I'm sure was happening continuously throughout the day, but anything that really sticks out to you that would be interesting to share with our listeners?
1: You know, we get, uh, we have a college in Devil's Lake. It's called Lake Region State College. It's a small two-year program, but they have an ag program. Uh, those kids were out and there was kids from the University of Minnesota in Crookston that were over and, uh, they, they do a lot of networking and they show up. And so I I met people that are going to Crookston. I met people that are at Lake Region State that are, that were, um, talking to people about getting internships and uh, some of the kids at, uh, UMC. They had been hired and then they brought their friends over because it was such a good networking thing. So it's not just having a good time. There's some serious stuff about gainful employment um, and that type of thing as well.
0: So even
2: though this really just happened not too long ago, Jason, are you guys slated to have this again next year on Groundhog Day once again?
1: We will be. It'll be February 1st of 2023. So we always have it the first Wednesday. And uh, yeah, we've got plans. We're going to have a, I think we'll do our virtual ice fishing tournament again. Uh, we haven't sat down kind of my team and, and debriefed as to what we're going to have for next year, but we have a lot of ideas. We had a lot of positive feedback from people that were there and, uh, our reach, I think on social media this year, got uh, took another step, a big jump. And so there's people that, uh, from farther away in warmer climates that just want to try this one time. And uh, to me that's kind of cool, and some of those people I've never met, so it'd be kind of a i had I had friends that flew in from Idaho. I had friends that drove from Montana that had to sleep in their car because of the blizzard on Monday night. I had friends from South Dakota and Minnesota that were up uh Tennessee. I met some new people there illinois Iowa, and it was uh it was a great time, so it's I see on uh, some of my other social media platforms, there's a lot of people right now doing a little vacationing and (laughs) there was some people that decided to come here to Devils Lake, North Dakota in February to do that. So that's kind of wild.
2: Well, Jason, again, thank you so much for coming on today and good luck in the future on this event. If our listeners want to tune into anything else that you guys have planned or want to ask you some questions, where can they reach you?
1: They can go on the website uh, agronomyonice.com uh, we'll get our pictures loaded up there uh, you can email me you can uh predominantly find it on twitter uh at rock and roll agronomy and then just ser- search out the hashtag agronomy on ice and uh you'll see more than you probably want to see but that's that's how you'll find us and and yeah send a direct message email us whatever you need to do we'd love to have anybody up here i think you you all should come up here too. I think we'd have a good time.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking that we might have to make a trip up there next year, but I don't know. I think we're going to have to buy some warmer clothes.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was even cold by North Dakota standards this year. Uh, we we got uh, just a front that blew through. So it really affected the ice fishing and it was, it was windy and cold, but you know what uh, you're in and out of the houses and, and moving around. It's, it's not as bad as it, it seems.
0: Yeah. And if you have a couple beverages, it'll keep you warm as well. Jason, thank you again for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Thanks again there too, Jason for coming on and chatting with us about agronomy on ice. It's very interesting, although I don't think I'd make it, especially in the weather that they had this year, Delaney.
0: No, but it does sound like a fun event to go to overall. You know, as we were talking about the beginning of the podcast, there were definitely some adult beverages, wine, beer, maybe something stronger consumed to help keep you warm, though. Well, I would definitely need a lot of those and then things would get sloppy.
2: And I just I don't know that I'm really cut out for that kind of lifestyle, but maybe we'll have to see.
0: Well, that is certainly a good question, Ashton. But folks don't have to wait and see what tomorrow's podcast brings. We've got a great conversation talking about National Farm Machinery Show going on right now in Louisville, Kentucky. So do stay tuned, folks, because that conversation is coming up tomorrow. But Ashton, if folks miss us in the meantime, they can find us on social media at Ag News Daily on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. With that, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.